0: Youth sports has surged in popularity in the last few decades. Yet even with more kids getting in the game than ever before, think about this. When was the last time you drove by a sandlot converted into a neighborhood baseball diamond or had to slow the car to let a game of two-hand touch football clear the street just long enough for you to turn into the driveway? It's probably been a while. In place of playground pickup games, an entire industry of professionally organized and highly competitive youth sports has captivated the interest, dare I say obsession, of both today's young athletes and their parents. So today we're gonna talk about youth sports and a few plays every parent needs to know if they want their kid to have a true shot at one day going pro. And to coach us up on what we parents can do to guide our young athletes in practicing what it really takes to enjoy the thrill of victory, I've invited coach Javelin Guidry to the podcast. Welcome to the Raising Them Ready podcast for parents. Here we encourage and support parents who are doing the best they know how to raise their kids to become confident, capable, and kind in an ever-changing and often unpredictable world. I'm your host, Jonathan Kathman. my a family man, career sociologist, and best-selling author who believes our children's greatness tomorrow begins with some good guidance today. In addition to being your kid's biggest fan, what are you doing as a parent to help your young athlete truly win both in and out of the game? That's what Coach Javelin asks parents of the athletes he trains through his WP3 sports. And it's pretty obvious that Coach Jav knows a thing or two about peak performance as his players are winning at every level, from high school JV tryouts all the way up to the thrill of NFL game day performances. So parents, grab your clipboards and join Coach Jav and I as we talk about the importance of raising confident, capable, and kind kids who practice what it takes to one day truly go pro. Let's talk about sports and teenagers.
1: Coach Jav.
0: That's your jam, isn't it?
1: That is. That that that's my passion. That's my mission. That's a space I know. I have a lot of experience and a lot of stories to tell.
0: <laughs> All the best coaches have a few stories to tell. Now you spent yeah. quite a bit of time training to be a coach because you're under some pretty amazing coaches.
1: Yeah. So, you know, my my, my story in terms of being under coaches. It originates from growing up in Southern California, and we grew up in the area where we played out in the streets. And so there wasn't any formal coaches. There were the the older kids that took initiative and said, okay, here, let me draw on the dirt what you're going to do. Okay, let me tell you that, hey, you can beat this guy. And so those were the first coaches when you either first pick second picked or third picked lining up that's on it. the curb,
0: waiting to get picked. Somebody's yelling oh, yeah. car, a whole team moves to the sidewalk.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, that that's where it started in the uncontrolled environment of, of playing in the streets. And then it went from there to middle school sports. And we played recess sports, you know, over the line and crossfire, you know, all of that just fueled the competitive nature and created a competitive environment that was foundational for me to play in organized sports. You know, I played football. Um, My dad was my coach for a number of years and he didn't know much about sports, um, but I learned from him about values, how you treat people, how he treated the other parents, how he treated the kids fairly. It wasn't about X's and O's. Mm it's about the things that you could control in terms of, showing up on time and having the right attitude and giving effort and sportsmanship, things that he never learned under a coach training coming from Southern Louisiana in the country, but he had values that could apply to sports. So that, that was my early training and then going into club and and travel ball. It wasn't AAU basketball back then. It was travel ball, slam and jam and tackle football, club soccer, played all the different sports and played at a very high level. And so I, I learned a little bit from each of them because the games are different. And uh, whether it be soccer, and you're looking at angles and creativity and playing in space and anticipation, or you know you're you're playing volleyball and moving laterally, and communicating and trusting, you know, players to pass the ball, to set it, and so forth. The game was a, a teacher for me. It was a coach for me, and it it um, laid a, a strong foundation and core. That allowed me to then play on to, um, you know, be an all state player in in California in football and all league player in basketball and then go on to get a full scholarship to play football at UCLA and uh, played there for uh, four years. And, you know, I wasn't the biggest guy, wasn't the fastest guy, wasn't the strongest guy. My strength was my my mindset, my attitude, my football IQ. The mental side of the game. Because I remember as a freshman, I was under soaking wet, and I'm playing at the Coliseum, you know, guarding the eventual number one overall draft pick, Keyshawn Johnson, as a true freshman. So the mental side of the game was big for me. And it continues to be, and I believe is one of the untapped components that this commercialized sports industry of youth sports uh overlooks.
0: Would you think that where we are now in youth sports versus when you and I were growing up in youth sports, that the biggest difference is the mental game.
1: I think for the athlete, the, the biggest difference is the mental game. I think overall is the commercialization of sports. And when I say commercialization, I mean, you know, youth sports in this country is a $19 billion industry and it's growing and there is a, a relentless a insatiable passion by our parents i believe from a good intention but they want to play this and train this and and agility this and everything is controlled and i think there's an overemphasis towards that goal of of a scholarship or that goal of showcasing for x y and z and we're in an area of social media where the platform is so wide and the validation can come at a Local level, you know, through your Facebook and IG or a national level where they're doing recruiting across the country, rating the top sixth grader in tackle football. Um, you know, and I just there was an article, um, I just read a nine year old got the first NIL deal. Um, a six nine nine years, years old. old at nine years old, and so I believe this the sport has changed, um, in that it's, it's just become so individualistic. And it's about my kid and getting this, rather than it's just being about fun, uh, enjoyment, socialization, time for family to go out and enjoy each other, enjoy other families. That has been the biggest change. Um, It's almost become, we want them to be professionals at such a young age. And so much is at stake when it's just youth sports. So I I remember
0: though, being in like middle school and we used to leave campus at lunch and go down to this drugstore and buy uh, basketball cards and that's where I got my Michael Jordan rookie cards you know along with a stick of gum and nice. I wanted to be a pro in middle school not that I didn't want to be a pro middle school basketball player but I in middle school I had the vision I want to go pro mm-hmm. is it that kids are thinking about going pro earlier or now their parents are like all in and it's no longer this aspiration of a few but now it's almost the aspiration of the whole home maybe even be driven by a parent
1: yeah, it, it's, it's the, the whole home is driven by parents and as, as parents, there's times where we can overcompensate, where our kids become an extension of us and whether they success or fail is a reflection on us as we see it. And so there's an overemphasis on it and it shows up in, in so many different ways and how much time is committed to that. Kids play on multiple teams their Sundays, their Saturdays are all booked for tournaments and so forth. Travel you know, tournaments
0: to different states.
1: Yeah, different states. I remember I was at the barbershop and he talked about one of the parents that was sharing about my book. And he said, yeah, I spent $12,000 on my daughter. I was a sophomore in high school. And for my son, who was in seventh grade, we we drove to Arizona from California to play tackle football at seventh grade you know, and engaging with him and asking him questions. I just wanted to understand his concept of why he would invest that money at such a young age when it's not going to have any impact on what, what his ultimate goal was, was to play collegiate athletics. Why so much money? Why so much time? It's almost like FOMO. There was a fear of missing out. And as a father, he felt like he wanted to do all he could to give his son and his daughter the best opportunities the best chances to reach their highest potential towards their their goal
0: i've got a very good friend who is uh whose sons are just you know they're all in sports mm-hmm. all in every season to something and their team will fly to tournaments yeah so they they climb on a plane and off they go for for two games three games maybe <laughs> on a tournament. And, and I'm, i mean, I'm, I'm impressed because wow, you're right. That's a great commitment as a parent. Cause you don't want your kids to miss out. What I was shocked to see when I visited one of these tournaments was the scouts they're there checking out this middle school, high school level basketball thinking three, five, eight years ahead when this young athlete might be able to walk onto a college campus. Is it really that big of a deal, that young?
1: You know, every every sport is a little bit different. In softball, uh, they just changed the rule a couple of years ago. There were softball players getting scholarship offers at 8th grade, 7th grade. Um, College scholarship
0: offers for softball in 7th and 8th grade.
1: In 8th grade, yeah. We, we just I had some girls that went through my, my crafting arrows program, and they had been committed to University of Oklahoma since 8th grade. The rule has since changed for the health of our young girls to where they can't you know, accept any offers or even get offered by colleges until the 11th grade. And so every sport is a little bit different from that regards. And one of the challenges is there's not a consistent governance that is protecting the athlete. College athletics are professional sports. The coach at USC here down the street, Southern Cal, he makes more money than the Rams coach. And the Rams coach just won a Super Bowl. You know, I understand the perspective of parents at the core of the good intention of why they do it. However, their awareness of what they're doing and the abandonment of developing mature individuals, whole individuals, that when they do, if they do reach that level of success, that um, they will be able to sustain it. And building them up in such a way, whether they go pro in sports, or they go pro as an entrepreneur, or they go pro as a real estate professional, or a teacher, whatever they choose to do, you want all those years to invest in them so that they take those skills, those character traits, you know, those interpersonal skills and are able to apply it in any field they choose to go into.
0: Every athlete's going pro. Some are going to go pro in sports and others are going to go pro in, as you said, Neil, real estate or as an educator or in medicine or as an accountant. They're all going pro in one way, shape, form or another. Mm-hmm. The skills that they need to, to acquire between now and going pro, athletically or professionally, they're shared skills though, aren't they? It's not just about athletic performance. It's that mental game. That's your expertise. How do you raise their social, emotional, and mental game to a level where they go pro and they're the most valuable player on the whole team in that whole department in that building.
1: Yeah. The, the mental game and, and how you develop that, you have to have clarity. I believe it starts with a parent that has a self-awareness and a growth mindset that even sees the value in working on the mental game and the social emotional side of their son or daughter. Uh, so I believe it starts with the parents. And then secondly, working on the mental skills training, um, mental performance training, allows them to elevate their mindset. And then that carries over into their behaviors, their actions, their habits, their routines. There, there, it's like you have these, and I have this in my book, you you have these different superpowers. Your, your kid are developing these superpowers that they can tap into, and they're not even aware of it. And, and what I mean by that is... Our kids are practicing discipline every day. They're practicing punctuality. They're practicing accountability. They're practicing creativity. They're making split decisions and processing information in a short amount of time. They're practicing all these different things hour after hour after hour after hour, but they only see it in the jersey that they're wearing. And as you talk about stewardship, They don't know how to then transfer that and apply it. Okay, when I step on campus, I can do those same things. I can visualize myself doing those math problems and getting a good grade on that class. I can utilize mental resilience and mental toughness when I'm struggling in something I can press through. Why? Because I do it in my sport all the time. When I got beat, I recover. When we lost, I recovered. When we're competing, I'm not always winning. I'm learning from how I lose and failure, you fail seven times out of 10 and you're an all-star. So really
0: it's going from that one dimensional paradigm of my identity as a teen saying, I'm a great athlete. Say I can take what I'm learning as an athlete and put it in the other dimensions of my life. These apply to me academically. This can apply to me socially. This can apply to me at home in my part-time job with my friends. So as a coach, if you were to, pick a place to focus first what translates best from athletics into the other aspects of life
1: confidence that that is my number one you you give me a confident person they can go into any room they can go with any challenge because they have a level of confidence and air with them
0: how does a teenager develop that level of confidence that translates off the court off the field away from practice and into the rest of life?
1: I believe it starts in the home and how their parents affirm them, how their parents build them up, how their parents respond when they fall down, uh, what their parents focus on and what they see in them and what their parents even model in their own lives because kids watch what our parents are doing. I'll give you an example. One of the kids I coach at Vista Marietta. I just noticed he had a confidence about him. He had an air about him. You know, he stepped up for every drill, even if he didn't know, you know, what exactly he was supposed to do. He wasn't afraid of any challenge because he was confident in himself. Underneath confidence is courage. And I ended up talking to his dad and his mom. I said, where does he get this swagger? You know, this air about him. And she said, said, we were very intentional that we wanted our our kids to be confident, confident in who they are so that when they're in these social settings, you don't have to worry about them folding to peer pressure because they're confident in who they are and what their values are. So they don't have to conform or bend to anyone else to feel accepted or feel validated. They did that intentionally at home and continue to do that, you know, as he goes from level to level, because there will be some valleys as you go to different levels, but there's such a foundation and belief system around confidence that he's able to, he was able to overcome that. So um i I believe at the home it starts with parents obviously repetition and whatever you do uh, whether it's shooting free throws or hitting a baseball or kicking and juggling the soccer ball you gain confidence through repetition what you're doing um, and doing it the right way and how you handle negative thoughts what you say to yourself um is is another way your body language is about confidence you know how you carry yourself it, it exudes confidence and so It's something that that I believe is so essential to our tweens, our teens, because they're going through this hormonal uh, transition brain development process um, from 11, 10-year-olds to feeling things in your body, seeing things differently. And that's the one question because they're going through a stage of trying to get more independence.
0: I think it's interesting what you said there about confidence and swagger. Versus confidence and arrogance, because I see kids that are very confident that are also arrogant, but then I see kids that are very confident, but their swagger doesn't come off in the in the air of arrogance. Right. You and I were talking uh, recently about the difference between self-esteem and self-efficacy. Yes, and I think some parents are big about raising up their kids to have high levels of self-esteem, belief in themselves. But it's Mm -hmm. not backed up by anything. And so there's this arrogance flow with it too. Yes. But then if there's the kids that have high levels of self-efficacy, they believe in themselves, but they have the proof to back it up. They have performed. With a level of humility included, there's all that confidence, but none of that ugliness of arrogance. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Let's talk about the car ride home. Oh, yeah. Car ride home <laughs> after competition. Yeah. And the car ride home is, is a, is a big thing for a young athlete. Yes. Tell me about it.
1: Yeah. So the car ride home has become common across youth sports and it's a time that parents, usually the dad is basically putting on the coach hat and critiquing their son or daughter about what they didn't do, what opportunity they missed, what they should have done better. What did we train for all this time? If you're not going to do this, you're wasting our time and our money. Your parents did this and sacrificed for you to do this. We expect this from you. So it's all of this judgment critiquing because they didn't perform or produce outcomes at the level that the parent expected. I I, I was that parent at at one point And... One day I realized after a game where my son had, you know, 120 yards rushing on eight carries, two touchdowns. He had two interceptions, ran one back for a touchdown. And the first thing he said when he came off was about the missed opportunity in the game. I didn't even bring it up, he brought it up. And it just dawned on me how much I had conditioned him to not, one, savor the moment and enjoy what you just experienced with your friends, with your teammates, the joy of the game, um, how we were proud of you, any of that stuff. It was business first. I missed this opportunity. What do you think I could have done differently? It just dawned on me that as parents, if, if we're not intentional about our car ride home, then we will follow the herd of critiquing our kids because they didn't perform at a level that was expected of them. And I remember reading a story about Jalen Hurts, the quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles, that was just in the Super Bowl. And his dad was his high school coach. And they had a rule after a game or practice. Once they got into their truck on the ride home, they did not talk about sports anymore.
0: Connect with your kids outside of sports, parents. I was in Texas speaking at a high school and after my talk to parents, Uh, I had a receiving line and this gentleman comes kind of hanging out towards the end of the line. And and finally he gets up to me and and he's talking to me about football and how he held the school record. And meanwhile, Mm -hmm. he's spinning his state championship ring on his, on his hand. This this guy had been out of high school for 20 years or more or more. And he's still wearing the ring, spinning the ring. And I asked him, I said, you have a trophy somewhere in the building? He goes, I do. And man, we're off. We're walking to the trophy case. And he's pointing at his picture and his plaque and his trophy that still sits in that school trophy case. And then he turns to me and he says, I'm just afraid that my son is going to break my record this year.
1: Mm.
0: And I about fell over. And I'm thinking to myself, this guy didn't hear a word of what I said in that talk to the parents. (laughs) And so I, started, I began to press him on that. I mean, wouldn't you want your son to be the one that bests the record? Not some other kid's son, not even you know, your cousin's kid's son, someone you know. It's, it's your son. Right. And the man says to me, I, oh, I want him to break it, but I'm afraid when he does then we won't have anything to connect about anymore. Mm. We won't have anything in common. I won't have anything to teach him any longer. Their yeah. whole world was wrapped up in sports. Very little of that relationship had been developed off the field outside of the game. That's got to be really hard for some parents. When they see their kid has an amazing amount of potential, their kid wants to go for it, they look like a professional athlete and they're only you know 15 because of the way mm-hmm. their body build is and that really great gear we can get all our kids these days. And we go to these amazing events and, I mean, it's a whole culture. Right and the development of the relationships built out of that culture. Yeah. How can we help parents see that, that their kid is far more than an athlete and there's more to our relationship than their performance?
1: I, I think it believes that, I believe that parents need to, or should really consider about their own growth mindset and how they're developing, how they're evolving as a parent, uh, because we're, ne- we're never staying the same. We're growing like a plant or, or we're withering away. And I believe as as a parent grows and expands and exposes themselves to, you know, different things like your different books and you're just seeking out, how can I be a better parent? How can I help my son or daughter be, you know, better than I was or give them more opportunities or exposure. It starts there, you know, with the desire as a parent to, to learn. Um, I believe that, you know, there are things that we were raised with in terms of values. Some principles that I believe should be carried on, but we have a different generation, and there, there's a gap that's there. To help parents, it starts with them having that that growth, that expansion mindset to expose them to different things, so that they can then see. Oh, I want to take my son or daughter to the beach, and we're going to do that, or we're going to skip this tournament, and we're going to go here, and we're going to do something as a family. And you know, they may say, Well, why, why are we going to miss it? Well, this is important, you know, this time together, because we're not sports is something that we do. It's not who we are. Hmm. And that difference is so, so vital, especially for our kids, because their identity can be so wrapped up in sports that they believe that's who they are and not something that they do. For parents, again, you have to be intentional about it because when you're in that culture, like you said, Every, it's going to be a FOMO that's going to go on and you're going to get caught up with this tournament and this trainer, this coach that you need to be here. You need to go to this camp. You, need to, you don't get that time back. You know, once they're gone and they're big, they may not want to be with you out on a camping trip, you know, or go with you to a museum. I mean, they, they just may not want to do those different things with you and you you won't get that time back with them so so that that's what i would recommend to parents is is you know first look in the mirror and then be intentional about being expansive and having a growth mindset and sharing with their kids and helping them delineate between hey sports is something you do you're good at it you're steward over the the skills and the talents you've been given um, but that's not who you are and again We don't want their whole identity just to be in being an an athlete and being a football player and be be defined by that.
0: You help them become a whole person, body, mind, heart, and spirit.
1: Yes, yes, yes.
0: But your family also has squeezed through the eye of the needle in that (laughs) you have a son who is a professional player. That means yes. he went from being one of one point one million high school football players in America mm-hmm. to a young man who, of six point five percent who go on to play in college, and of that six point five percent, one point two percent of them even get drafted, and then less than a thousand or so play. So we go from one point one million to around a thousand players. In the whole NFL, one of them is yours. You squeeze yes. through the eye of the needle. Yes, and you yes. can't do yes. that without focus. But yet, I heard you very clearly say, "That's not the only thing you focused on."
1: Yeah, it's it's not the only thing you focused on, and it's those other things that has allowed him to be able to play in the NFL and thrive. He wasn't drafted, and he went in free agency. And free agency is like, let's bring in as many guys as we can and and roll the dice and we'll get one or two or three that'll stick. And he has been that guy that the mental resilience, the discipline, the self-efficacy, the amount of focus. One of the things I I tell him is your ability to focus is a strength. That's a skill that you are elite at. And so I highlight these traits in him that has allowed him to do that. Um, at that level, because there was guys who got drafted above him at that time that a year later were out of the league guys that are in in college, um, that were four star, five star guys that didn't have those other character traits, those other interpersonal skills, that faith, that foundation, that when it got really tough and that pressurized environment, they weren't able to squeeze, as you said, through the eye of the needle and stay, And I believe what you do in high school and and youth prepares them. And let me tell you why. Because when we moved to Texas, the kids were in sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. And my oldest son went to three different high schools in four years. You know, his brother went to two different high schools in four years. Moving from different high school to high school, you have to, especially in sports, you have to learn terminology. You have to learn new plays. You got to prove yourself to coaches. You got to socially fit in. And we taught them a mindset that you're not a product of a system. Hmm. You are that guy. You are that dude. We put in the work so you thrive and you stand out and you be the best you can be wherever you go in whatever environment you're in. You're not in any box. They put you on the field, you be a playmaker. You know, you have that attitude, that effort, that will, that work ethic. You do sprints, you be in the front. And so we had that wherever it we went. So then this past year, Jonathan it was his third year in the NFL. And he had just spent the first two years with the jets and he played in 28 out of the 34 games or what have you, um, there with the jets or in the practice squad, the other games. And so he's with the jets in the camp and he gets released immediately later, he gets picked up and throughout that season, you know, he spent time with the jets. Then he went to Arizona for a week and a half. Then he went to the Raiders for five weeks. Then he went to the Eagles for a month. And then the last three weeks, he went to the Falcons. So he moved from system to system, to system, to system. And it's not a guaranteed contract. He had to prove himself each and every time he went there. And his mindset was every day is a new interview. Hmm. But think about what what was put into him when he went to three different high schools in four years.
0: Yeah. Let's go back when you said, what you do is not who you are. Instead, what you parented and coached into your son was who you are empowered you to do what you do
1: mm. you know it, it's a part of his story and I, and I tell him you know all the time, you know one thing I say, hey man, God has blessed you and continues to bless you because you went all these teams and you didn't miss one check, you know you weren't on waivers longer than twenty four hours at any one point, and so um, you know, that's a great point. What you said it, It's who you are is what empowers you to do what you do. You know, that, that's so essential because one of the things, Jonathan, is when my wife went to med school, the kids would see her and go to sleep. And she had all these concept maps on the papers, all over the couch and stuff. They'd wake up for their, you know, football workouts or, or basketball workouts at six, seven in the morning. And she's still there. When they when I talk about modeling something, when they see what she did, that had a profound impact on them, and almost put I don't want to say a burden, but it 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 put a a mantle or an expectation that they welcomed, that they got to do the best that they can do, with what they have and what they've been given, and those are things that you you necessarily you can say one thing, but when you walk in the walk. Wow.
0: If mom can do it, I can do it too. Yep. <laughs> mom can do 10 times what you can do kid. <laughs> 10 times. Yeah. Let's talk about WP three, your coach. Yes. Yes. How, so what does the WP three stand for? Where did it come from? What are you doing with it?
1: Yeah. So, so WP three, um, it, it's, it's, uh, a, a mnemonic or acronym that, you know, I, I have different meanings for myself personally for it, you know, but it started off as warrior parent times three and you know, we're warrior parent times our three kids. Um, you know, but I, you know, another one I have is, is walking, you know, presence, power and purpose, you know um, you know, so I have these different, different acronyms and, you know, what it is, it, it's an organization that I started that burst out of a book that I wrote called warrior parent playbook. Parents utilizing sports to empower children to live in greatness. And I wrote the book with uh, having a different perspective and raising kids, you know, a championship life, you know, the power of dreaming, raising superheroes, you know, all these different uh, themes. But then the second half of the book was really focused on how you develop character, confidence, growth mindset, leadership, grit, adaptability, faith. And so I didn't want to leave it just in a book You know, I maybe should have wrote a workbook, but I decided to create a program. I try, I went to from passive learning to active and applied learning by, to use your, your, your terminology to create that, I created a program for teams, starting really middle school and up that goes through these different life skills one week at a time. And it's a part of their sports experience. I call it a new sports experience. And they focus on, you know, week one, we focus on character. And, you know, they learn it through watching the video and a reflection. And then the next day they do a confidence building exercise. And then the next day they're sharing how they display character in their sport. And then at the end of the week, a group of kids are sharing what character looks like. as a athlete, as a person, and as a student. And then that goes week to week from character to leadership, to confidence, to growth mindset, to work ethic, and so forth. That is the the flagship program within WP3 sports. And then recently I launched a program called MP3, which is around mental peak performance. Both of these programs are on my WP3 Live In Greatness app. um, That can be found in the Apple Store or Google Play Store. Um, and so that's a program that's both exercises and coaching from the week to week. And then I also have resources for parents as well.
0: I believe that everyone is capable of greatness and the world needs yours. Yes. And when parents believe that about their kids, they also then need to believe that a child's greatness tomorrow begins with some good guidance today. And that comes from parents, that comes from coaches, that comes from. Yes. WP3 programs that comes from discovering who you are and taking what you are into what you do. Yeah. This is good stuff. Okay. Coach, where can people find you?
1: Yes. So you can find me on the social media outlets at WP3 sports uh, or personally at OG Javelin and uh, that's Twitter, LinkedIn. You can find me Facebook, IG, uh, not much on TikTok yet, uh, so you know I'm not there yet. You know I haven't worked on my dance moves enough to get on TikTok. <laughs> Thank, you. Um, Thank then, you for that. <laughs> you know, and uh, so and then I'm also I have a website, WP3 Sports. Uh, so yeah, that's how you can you can uh, find Coach Jab. Uh, I'm out there, and like I said, my heart is in our youth and really helping our parents to develop them. And um, that's why my slogan is live in greatness. My mission statement is to equip, empower, and inspire young people to live in greatness. And you you can't help young people live in greatness if you're not helping their parents at the same time.
0: Well said coach, well said. Hey, thanks for spending time with us today on the Raising Them Ready podcast. And I think this is probably just gonna be the first of many interviews to come. Awesome. Coach Jav, thanks so much, man. What a great conversation. Really appreciate everything you do for families, for young people, and for parents,
1: especially. Great. Thank you for having me, Jonathan. I appreciate it.
0: Parents, I trust you learned a few new parenting moves from Coach Jav today. If you're interested in learning more about his WP3 sports or want to pick up a copy of his Warrior Parent Playbook, you can find links to both in the show notes. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Raising Them Ready podcast. And to learn more about teaching your kid about the life skills they need to successfully launch in life, be sure to pick up a copy of our Raising Them Ready book. Also check out our other best-selling life skills books for tweens, teens, young adults, and personal development titles for parents, educators, and mentors. If you're interested in talking to me about speaking at an upcoming youth event, parent enrichment, or professional development workshop, you can contact me through our social media pages or email me through our website. You can find, like, and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Raising Them Ready Podcast, and our website is RaisingThemReady.com. Also, please leave us up to a five-star review wherever you listen to this podcast. If you have questions about this episode, comments, or suggestions about parenting topics you would like us to bring to the Raising Ready Podcast, I really do want to hear from you. Simply contact me through our social media pages or website. Again, we're easy to find on Facebook and Instagram at Raising Them Ready Podcast and online at RaisingThemReady.com. Thanks again for joining me and coach Javelin Guidry in today's discussion about the importance of raising confident, capable and kind kids who practice what it takes to one day truly go pro in life. Now, parents, go and enjoy the day, knowing your child's greatness tomorrow begins with your guidance today.